0: I said what you know about it It's the stew, baby Got the amazing blast place Youngest yeah, stew, baby And the room a lot Hello, hello, you're listening to The Stew My name is Jason Stewart. This is my food podcast. The food podcast. Uh, Andre and I are here. My brother is not here because he's too busy working. Rest in peace, Stewie. And we don't have any guests because who has the time? But we will have guests soon. Very soon. Don't worry, but we've had a busy week. And one week ago today we did our pop-up restaurant. Yep. And Chris Stewie was was very tied up with his actual job. So we pulled him away from that.
1: Yeah, we managed to get him to take an entire day off from his insane schedule, which was kind of a miracle. It was a miracle. And I don't know what we would have done without him having that entire day free either, in hindsight. Mm -hmm. But that was very lucky.
0: It was, yeah. And I'm fully recovered. Mm -hmm. It's been been one week. Took me a couple days. Took me a few days. Yeah. I feel like uh, body hasn't worked like that in a while. It was hard. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I I usually do some type of exercise almost every day. Go to the yep. gym, ride my bike all over the place. But something about just doing some hard labor, it, it does it does a different kind of workout for you. Yeah, we. I mean, we were on our feet. So if the
1: pop up was on Friday, we were on our feet like Monday through Friday night, like fourteen hours a day, easy. Either mm-hmm. cooking. Or driving to pick up, or doing run. I mean, like it just didn't stop.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just you. You, you wake up when the when the crow clucks, and you just start uh, making seventy pounds of this <laughs> and twenty pounds of this and. The iPhone
1: goes off and you regret all your life choices for about 45 minutes. Then you get yourself into the shower. Mm hmm. And then you go to Jason's house and pick him up.
0: Well, it was good. Even though I was too busy to do stuff like exercise and go to the gym, I feel like I probably lost five pounds. Yeah.
1: Well, you, I mean, the amount of cooking, prep cooking we did, we'll go, I guess we should go into detail at some point about why we had so much prep, but. Um, you just you don't have that much of an appetite when you're cooking that much. And you yeah. hear cooks say it all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, they taste all, you know, their entire shift, mm-hmm. they're tasting, but like they don't eat a meal.
0: No. You're and, just,
1: you're, it's kind of the last thing you want. Yeah. And Zach was, uh, Zach from Almenta even was talking about like, you know, you don't even take a bathroom break because you're constantly chugging water, but yeah. you just sweat it out. Like mm-hmm. it's just, like, you just like. And yeah, not eating a lot, not eating a lot, not sitting a lot, Mm -hmm. and then you know your brain's just constantly firing because you're wondering about what you're, what you should be doing. And if you are eating,
0: you're just wolfing anything down for 17 minutes while until you go back. You're not normally it's like oh, make a little sandwich, get see what's on HBO Go, park it for an hour, you know, check on Instagram, and you're you're there's none of that. I probably cooked two meals that entire
1: week mm-hmm. that didn't involve podcast related food. Yeah. Which
0: is which like, is rare. Which is very rare to cook that little for both of us. And imagine having to do that 7 days a week. Shout outs to
1: so super Sam for letting us completely invade her home.
0: Yeah, and she was even nice enough to buy us lunch and stuff like that.
1: She did. And do the the sweet sweet playlist for the pop up. Yeah. I mean, the if you could describe, and I think she chopped some chives too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> real chive chopper. This yeah, one,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, but if you could describe your house, it was like, it was like an Amazon. Distribution center <laughs> with carafes and yeah Cambros containers it looked deli like pups, uh, it looked like curing an, salts
0: an, an uber eats distribution center there's <laughs> just a fridge full of uh there's there's three things in the fridge, but there is eighty of each of those three things so if you if you ever want to do a fridge clean at your house, <laughs> do a pop up restaurant because you will uh you will suddenly yeah it's it, what's that book the the japanese uh tidying and throwing stuff away book that's all popular yeah i think Marie Kondo. what's that book called Marie Kondo's um. Marie Kondo yeah. yeah it's like if if it doesn't bring you joy then yep then get rid of it
1: Maggie read it
0: i think a lot of people read it yeah. and she
1: was she looked and she was like this all makes sense but you can't there's no halfway crooks on this. Like you have to do everything this book says or none of it will work. Mm. And I was like, yeah, we're not doing that. You gotta go whole hog. Look, man, these spawn figures aren't going anywhere, baby. <laughs> I it's, need it's these. About, blu- it's about decluttering, right? These Blu-rays, baby. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> it's criterion. You don't get it. You know, you know Jackie Brown's got all the best extras <laughs> on this
0: Blu-ray. A lot of people sleep on that one. Um yeah, so now I have a clean house, a clean fridge, and all in all it was a success. For if, if anyone's listening and they went to the event, thank you so much for coming and supporting yeah, supporting the uh, the culinary arts. I'm sure we'll do some more in the future and hopefully it will get only only better. All too very kind. Yeah, I mean I, as we learn, I think we went
1: into it knowing it was going to be um a learning process. It was, you know, it was and I think it was good, and I was very proud of it. But I think, like anything, doing something for the first time, we would avoid some mistakes or at least some time, and also have a better idea of what we're capable of without, you know, hiring a full catering kitchen and having to do certain things. Yeah, it's steps, it's crazy. It like I'll
0: I'll watch like an ep, like a chef's table, like on the on Magnus Nielsen in uh, at Faviken. It's like the crazy. Yep uh I- icelandish chef who has his remote restaurant and it seats like 30 people or something like that
1: forges his own moss every day
0: yeah yeah he like super insane like he basically d- does what we did yeah. but not not even on you know probably on like around the same scale and we had four four people in the kitchen doing it all and in these restaurants, have like a staff of thirty-five to fifty people, or whatever, yep. doing the same thing that we're doing. Because each person is just like you're washing the dishes, you you're tweezering this moss, you're I think we, the lamb, whatever it is. I think us and
1: Magnus both, I'm I'm sh- I'm pretty, pretty sure the I have same. the same amount of Michelin stars. I
0: would say so. Yeah, between yeah. the two of us, between the two of us, each, we have that'd one. that'd be ridiculous. Yeah,
1: but I think between the two of us, we have one Michelin star. Yeah, so, that's fair. Yeah. Um, Wasn't that the gag on the Oscars?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was like, With Gosling. Yeah, he's like, we got, uh, we got between the two of us, we got two Oscars. <laughs> pretty, <laughs> sure <it's, laughs> pretty sure it's, pretty sure it's It's, uh, it's, it's like that. So we, uh, we, we did make it happen. There were no disasters. Well, we did. I guess we prepared, that were Out of our control. Right. The big
1: thing was that we planned the menu out so we could. So it was five courses, and we were able to prepare two in advance. You know, within a day. Cause we had pate and we had, um, panna cotta and Mm -hmm. that was, that saved us. And we knew we needed somehow to save that time without sacrificing or having it be, you know, a not as good dish. I was proud of both of those, but we were able to make them in a a day in advance. Mm -hmm. And so that way we only had to prep live three dishes, which,
0: you know, still was like, but yeah, man, we, we did not break down the menu. I don't think we did break down the menu. We can, let's do it. All right, let's do it. We'll we'll go. We'll run. We'll run through it quickly because I have a lot of other stuff to talk about. But the first one uh, was a Persian style lebne, lebne, dip, which is a dish that I've made a bunch of times for
1: years in the making.
0: Bringing to parties and stuff like that. It's always a real crowd pleaser. It's basically lebne, which is like really thick Greek yogurt. It's a little sweeter, really tangy, and almost cheese like. Kefir cheese, kind of mm-hmm. like, like straddling the border between cheese and yogurt. It's got a really nice, like you know, like cream
1: cheese doesn't really have a tang like Greek yogurt does. It's got like this really nice tang, but it's mm-hmm. also got a nice thicker consistency, more closer to like away from a yogurt and closer to like a, a sour cream or mm-hmm. uh, somewhere between <clears throat> sour cream.
0: I feel like and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Something like that. um. But, yeah, mix that Great. with some cooked-down onions. some, And there's, a lot of times, make some crispy shallots, put those on top, and then you mix it with olive oil that the onions have been cooking in so it kind of gets this almost burnt, like, really, really deep, rich onion flavor. And then a bunch of fresh dill goes on there and some sumac, which is like a lemony kind of middle eastern seasoning spice it's like a dark brown if you go to like a dark red brown reddish brown it's
1: really unique it's so nice it's almost did you say citrusy just now
0: yeah it's not i mean it's like citrusy it's
1: bright it's like it's really it's bright and lemony so awesome that um, very
0: good. but that um, and usually when you eat that and that's in za'atar too if you ever
1: buy a nice package you know israeli mm. za'atar seasoning it always has that in it mm-hmm. too
0: um but yeah, if you've ever been to like a Persian restaurant or a or a Middle Eastern kebab Armenian kind of place, they'll have that. You mm-hmm. know, like a little Parmesan cheese shaker, you can just put it on everything. But uh normally I'll serve that with like a bread or a cracker, a pita chip is really good with it, you know, something crunchy, but we did it with vegetables that we got from the Santa Monica farmers market mm-hmm. to have it be like a little bit lighter. First opening course. And we got some really, really, really good veggies in there yeah that was awesome we got the french radishes the long kind of skinny sweet carrots endive fennel and uh we had some beets shaved beets and we had the my favorite was maybe like the 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 sugar snap peas yeah those are really great so yeah we just went to the market and did like how people do on tv and (laughs) walk around you eat everything and you smell things and you talk to each other it was. It's like an episode of Top Chef. I think it's interesting too because. Except you have to use your own money.
1: I can't. I can't imagine that process being anywhere near as enjoyable. Or, I don't know. I, I know, and I see people at the farmers market constantly shopping for restaurants because they have the eight stack carrier, and you know what's mm-hmm. going on. They got a giant checklist on the clipboard, so you know that they're doing the buying. It was so much more fun to taste and talk to you about what we were eating as opposed to if, if we had to split up and you had to do something that day and I had to go shop for the veggies. It would have been a totally different experience.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like the pleasurable part. And you sort of get the ability to improvise and you're like, oh, they don't have these radishes that I wanted. So then you go around and you're like, okay, well, actually these are really good instead. Or maybe we don't even do that at all because these – Are in season and it's the first first ones of the year and they're really good. So you just kind of do a little flip flop on the fly and make sure that you're getting the best you can get. And And that is
1: Santa Monica Farm Market, the best you can get. Hollywood too. Hollywood I think comes close.
0: Hollywood very similar. Um, Next course we did chicken liver pate with mezcal, Mm -hmm. which is I borrowed the recipe a lot of it from Chef Steps and Mm -hmm. they. And some other people do a method. They do it at Esther's Wine Bar in uh, in Santa Monica. The Jeremy Fox from Rustic Canyon, his mm-hmm. spot, where you you sous vide the livers in the jar, yep, and serve them in the jar like that instead of cooking it ahead of time and then pureeing them all or blending them all and right. then and then letting them set. So I I, I Stumbled upon this mezcal recipe just because I didn't have all the traditional liquors that you normally mix with pate, like brandy and cognac and things like that pernod, and, you know, really kind of strong aromatic alcohols that will help cut through the livery richness that can be overwhelming. But I just use straight mezcal and it added a, a nice, very smoky, it was very, it was very different in that choice that those a lot of the traditional
1: alcohols that are used in pate don't have any smoke to them. Mm. And you really did notice it with
0: the <clears throat> mezcal. It was nice. It was nice and it was unique, but you know, making 80 individual jars in one day, sous them, I had to borrow um, ex-stew member Chris Chang's sous-vide yep. and I had double sous-vides going, you know, basically working around the clock through the night, cooking all of them. In batches, and we had to it took about an hour to figure out how to not
1: blow the circuits in your kitchen and where we, which outlets we could individually sous. Yeah, I learned
0: that sous vide draws a lot of energy in your house. So if you have to do two sous at once in your house, which I don't know if anyone listening has ever had to do that, you got to switch it up.
1: And that was served with <clears throat> some crostini from Bub's and Grandma's bread, mm-hmm. which is. A yeah really shout out to those food. guys yeah so good yeah go to
0: if i think you can just google them i think it's com. they're like a local kind of east la you can bakery get, you can get them at dune you can get their whole loaves at dune yeah you can get their whole you can buy their bread at dune you can get it at wax wax paper Dying sandwiches
1: sandwich at wax paper served on it i think maybe another it's um, just
0: really solid bread they use like sourdough starter that's Really nice and fermented flavor. They they put lots of seeds on the outside that give it a really interesting flavor and crunch. And the gluten levels are a lot lower the way they cook it. So it's a lot easier to digest.
1: I think we are going to hopefully have him on the pod soon, a future guest. I think
0: so, yeah. Very nice guy. And look, and I still have a freezer full of bread because he yeah, me too. let a sample. I've been making some sammies all week, baby. Uh, and then that was
1: served with... Uh, uh, pumpkin seed, a pepita granola we made for a little crunch yeah.
0: on top. Yeah, uh, we wanted because the because the pate is so rich and smoky. I wanted some sweetness and a little crunch as well. There was a little heat with a little cayenne in the granola. And we we were originally just gonna do kind of like some spiced pepitas on top, and then uh, we had the idea of making like a granola out of the pepitas with some extra cayenne and some. And some honey, and kind of making like a little brittle that you bake in the oven, and then let it dry out, and it'll turn into basically a crunchy sheet of of granola that's just made out of seeds. Yeah, and you can, and then we kind of crumble that on top, and uh, it was it was fun. It was a nice a nice invention. I feel proud of that. That
1: was good. Third course. Uh, just a nice simple. Um, what kind of, we probably had four or five different lettuces, but mostly basically a gem and tiger romaine farmer's market salad with a Greek goddess dressing, mm-hmm. uh, some veggies. Which
0: is green goddess dressing made with Greek yogurt instead of straight mayonnaise and sour cream, yep. so a little bit healthier for you. Mm-hmm. And different kind of tang, Yeah, very uh, herbaceous and garlicky and, and bright and pungent. Um, yeah, a bunch of lettuces some nice golden beets that we shaved and then some toasted hazelnuts for mm-hmm. a little crunch. That's right. That was good. Fresh, no. bright, nice. Get to get ready for the fourth course which was the pork jowl sandwich. Yes. BLT where we got Martin's potato rolls. That was the hardest dish by far to source because
1: we kind of really we wanted to get some good stuff and so that we had to import the jowl. And we had to import the potato rolls from the East Coast, the Martin's potato rolls, because they're not sold on the West Coast anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like, that was a little bit of <coughs> nerve-wracking, because we needed them to come in on time. And we needed them, kind of the window we had, we had such
0: short notice to do this, mm-hmm. to do the pop-up that... And you want to order the ingredients far enough in advance for them to arrive, but not too yeah. far in advance for yeah. them to go bad. That was that all came. And also, together we really don't well. have a wholesale account or yeah. license to do any of that, so you can't just call a number and be like, "Yeah, we need a uh, three three cases of this." Thanks, Steve. Yeah, we have to just like, "Hi, I'm a person with a PayPal." Please, please sell me your potato please rolls. Give me. But I the, mean,
1: like, we ordered 150, and to, to us is like, "Wow, it's a lot of potato rolls." To them, that's like, right? That's just the, that's the tip. Mm-hmm. That's just the pinky right there. Mm-hmm. Like There's you know they're shipping out. Yeah, that's the 5, if you're on the East orders. Coast
0: and you're listening to a food podcast, you probably know what a Martin's yeah. potato roll is. It's basically just undisputed king of of kind of hamburger buns or yeah. sandwich rolls. Shake Shack uses them. Shake Shack uses them, a lot of restaurants use them. A few places on the West Coast do as well. Right. Um but it's just a really soft, pillowy, very sweet, not as sweet as a Hawaiian roll, but border sweet.
1: I made burgers yesterday with them for uh my girlfriend's parents who were visiting, and thanks for the invite <laughs> got um McCall's house burger blend mm-hmm. rolled it really thin on parchment paper, so they would kind of cook up they'd shrink down to like the size of you know a a drive through burger like in and out mm-hmm. and it was on the potato roll, buttered, and toasted the potato roll, just lettuce, tomato, onion. Um, little Thousand Island And uh, Her dad was like This is one of the best hamburgers I've ever had mm. And it was very simple But it was He he kept talking a lot about The meat Which was really good um, But also the bun
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean You notice it You you think like You mention Oh it's a hamburger bun How good can it be And it is that much better yeah. It really is A shockingly superior Hamburger bun
0: Absolutely There's, there's many many foods out there Where like You can get the best version of that, and it really is awesome, even if it is just a hamburger bar. Same thing, you know. The
1: German rolls that they're using at Little Jewel, the Amoroso rolls that they use at Booze Philly Mm Cheesesteak, you know, those are being shipped out from, for Little Jewels are being shipped from New Orleans, and for Booze, that's coming from Philadelphia, like, every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of the dedication to something regional that a lot of places have to do.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that was on, that was on that. We, and we used some just mayo, which is vegan mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. To keep it a little lighter and you can't really tell the difference. Mm-mm. Some nice tomato slices. And then we made a, a Calabrian chili cabbage slaw to go with it. So it was like very
1: trying to cut down that jowl.
0: Yeah. The jowl was just kind of like thick, nice chunks of pork jowl, which is kind of like bacon or. Or pork belly, but it's really a special kind of velvety fat that kind of melts in your mouth, and it has a texture to it unlike any other part of the pig. That's that's which is why it's expensive and more sought after. Yeah, but it's so good, and that that's just kind of cooked down. And then we the slaw was sort of like an Italian slash uh, Thai
1: Vietnamese Thai kind of mixture. (coughs) A little bit of fish sauce in it. Um. There was some rice some, wine vinegar, some shallot, cilantro,
0: cilantro, and and the Calabrian chilies and the oil that they came in. The, kinda, the
1: oil was like as important as the chili itself, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Mix that with some some cabbage, so it's it's crunchy, it's bright, it's sweet, it's sour, it's salty, and most importantly, it's spicy. Yeah, to, to cut through all of that, it has a it had a pretty good heat. And that was, uh, that was enjoyable. And then the last course was a panna cotta. I wanted to do a dessert that could be made sort of ahead of time, could be light and healthy after eating a, a
1: giant BLT made out of pork gel.
0: Yes. So we made it with cashew milk instead of, of regular milk and cream, which was a challenge. I've never done that before.
1: You know, it was, you, you did so much heavy lifting on that recipe – but once we had the recipe wasn't the most difficult it was hard to make in scale mm-hmm. but like that to me wasn't a recipe that you couldn't do for eight people that are coming over for absolutely if you if you had the foresight to do it a day in advance cuz it has to sit yeah and chill but it's like it was one of those things where like it's actually pretty, it comes a pretty, together pretty cool really quickly. simple
0: interesting recipe when, with a little bit of effort once you've once you've done the whole routine well, you had to dial in the gelatin ratio too, which was super key. Yeah, so that took a lot well, work. and also we made our own cashew milk. And we made our own cashew milk, which is also very easy to do. Yeah, you just need a lot of time, and it really helps to have
1: cheesecloth and a chinois.
0: Cheesecloth and a Vitamix. And a Vitamix. That's right. So you basically just soak nut, nuts, any kind of nuts, in water overnight. Drain, drain the water. Rinse them. And then you kind of do a – I did a ratio of two to one nuts – or two to one water to nuts. Yeah, twice and as much can, water. You can do different ratios. I That ratio was a little, to make it thicker mm-hmm. and a little bit more luxurious. But you just blitz it in the blender for you know three minutes on high and strain it through cheesecloth. And you come out with like a really nice, very smooth, creamy, velvety milk – Season it with some sea salt, a little agave or honey, and, and, you're, and you're, you're chilling.
1: Bob's your uncle.
0: And Bob's your uncle. Yeah, thanks for not making it today,
1: Bob Zamudio,
0: <laughs> who did kill it in the kitchen at our podcast, <laughs> at our pop-up. Um, but yeah, you, you basically mix that cashew milk with, you heat it up with some gelatin. We did some vanilla beans that we cut in half and scooped all the little black seeds out and cooked that in. With some organic cane sugar.
1: And a little of that vanilla pod went a very long way. Yeah, man. That was impressive. We did
0: 80 portions, and we I used three vanilla beans. Yeah,
1: and you could absolutely taste the vanilla. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so you just kind of mix that around, and in the same way you're making any kind of food, you're kind of dipping a spoon in and tasting it. Like, oh, it needs a little more sugar. It needs a little, another pinch of salt, whatever it might be. And then once you've got it down, you just pour it into your little cup or bowl or whatever you want to let it sit in. And then the main key is before you refrigerate it, you let it sit out. Yeah, uncovered. Uncovered, just sit it out on the table and cool down to room temperature before you cover it with your plastic wrap or your lid or whatever you're going to do to avoid the the condensation building up because that will yeah the condensation will basically you know if you look in your fridge the next day and you can see water drops on the top of your plastic wrap or something like that that means you did not let it sit long enough and then that it's not the end of the world but you basically kind of have a thin layer of water
1: and it pits the top of your it pits the top of your
0: dessert so it's not as presentationally Mm -hmm. attractive yeah. Um, and then we covered that with some toasted almonds, some little grapefruit segments, some honey, and some mint. Yeah. You know, just like a nice little light, refreshing dessert. To, so, to a little something of. for the ladies. A little something for the ladies. Keeping it dairy free in the keeping 2016. It light. And we had some nice wine and. and Great cocktails from Tina. Really good cocktails. The, uh, the Mescal beverage was a huge hit. It was so, yeah, it was that so outsold good. the bourbon, and both I thought were equally great. But the mezcal
1: really kind—maybe people were in the mindset, looking at the
0: menu, seeing the
1: menu. Mm-hmm. Also, um, mezcal is just so hot right now. It is, Fire. and it looks
0: cool. It was like a—it looked like Ecto cooler with a star anise pod on top. It did. It was good.
1: Yeah, that was really yeah.
0: But uh, I, I feel recovered. I feel like I'm sure the next. There will be another pop-up at some point. Thank you to Feastly for reaching out and offering us the opportunity. Yeah, thank you to Feastly. Yeah, you can go to eatfeastly.com and it's basically just a website where you can see if you want to host your own pop-up restaurant, you can do it and do it anywhere. Do it at your house. Do it at your mama house. Do it at a
1: <laughs> at the trap house. Do it. Do it do
0: all it. kinds of houses can have pop-ups now thanks to Feastly. Do it anywhere you can. Do it, and they can. Use that service to make a reservation, pay you, and then it's just, it's basically like having a, hiring yourself as a chef. Yeah. And they will organize everything, and then like the next week they just pay you, and that's it.
1: Transfer the money into your...
0: It's pretty tight. Um, But we'll be doing some more of that in the future with, you know, tons of new menu items. Who even knows? Lots of fun themes I've already thought about. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, um, we'll get into it but yeah if you did go thank you if you didn't go thank you so much in, and you live in LA and Yeti you.
1: coolers again did not we're not able to use any Yeti coolers at the pop up no. due to a lack of communication right now but the, we're working on it
0: yeah something fell through the cracks with them That's yeah
1: weird. I don't know it's weird maybe their internet was down <laughs> could have been could have been
0: Um, I have a bunch of random yeah we also sorry that we didn't do a podcast last week but yes. we were too busy in the weeds baby doing all the stuff that we just talked about but um some interesting food things that happened to me this week mm. first off let me hear it when you do a pop-up restaurant that is a, a raw space you have to do things like after you've made all the food and then you think like oh yeah we need to like have people drink out of glasses so then you have to go to Ikea at 9 in the morning and buy oh, 80 glasses. I know where this is going. And water glasses and cocktail glasses and where you're going to put these, you know, all these little things that when you're like, I'm going to do a pop-up restaurant, it's going to be so fun, I'm going to make this cool dish that I made and then... The
1: logistics.
0: And then like, oh, I have to fill the back of a car all the way to the top with a bunch of goddamn Ikea glasses that now you own. And now you own 80 Ikea glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and those are made out of glass, and you have to move them around without shattering them. So that's, a, that's kind of a pain in the ass, but what are you going to do? But we got the pleasure of eating breakfast at Ikea. Didn't even
1: know there was breakfast at Ikea, but we went there before the doors opened just to get in and out like the wind,
0: because we had so little time. Ikea doors at 10, breakfast doors at 9.30.
1: Yeah you get to pregame with and the IKEA breakfast. We were, you know And there is a line, brother.
0: There's a line of people There was
1: probably what 40 people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. By the time we sat down and we we're halfway through our meal, the entire cafeteria was was filled up with people eating their breakfast. And being the
1: the jovial, friendly people that we are naturally in I the know. world, we had some conversations with people in line and quickly realized that I would say a third of those people were not there to shop. They were strictly there to eat the breakfast. Maybe more. More. I would say You half, think more?
0: I would say half I, of say them half. go there daily for their breakfast.
1: It wasn't that bad. It really wasn't that bad. It
0: wasn't that bad. I, the, main, the main draw is it is just so cheap.
1: For $1.99, I think you can get, <laughs> if I remember, the American breakfast, I think, is $1.99. Yeah. It's a portion of scrambled eggs. Mm -hmm. some sausage some turkey sausage Mm -hmm. some potatoes Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah that's it and and
0: you got scrambled eggs sausage and some like country potatoes
1: we were talking about while we're eating it because one we were slightly in shock as to what was going on Mm -hmm. because it was so bizarre but we both agreed that everything we're eating we have had worse versions of somewhere else like Absolutely, I, I, and I would say that all of it was edible. I mean, all mm-hmm. of it was fine; it was good. I, I had no complaints. Would I drive to Burbank to eat there? Absolutely not. If I found <laughs> myself going to IKEA, would I think like, ah, eh, maybe we'll go get some breakfast. Maybe, but <laughs> nothing was like wor- for a dollar ninety nine. I've had worse scrambled eggs multiple
0: times from places. Absolutely, and it was like I was I was kind of impressed. Also, the clientele very depressing. If you're looking yeah. to get real depressed, let's yeah. go there for breakfast because it's a little it's- dark. It's kind of, but it also, you know, like there's, there's restaurants that exist only for like old people who want to eat at a restaurant in the style that they grew up in. Like I want to go to a place where you can get like a greasy spoon shitty breakfast for three bucks and have my bad cup of coffee and that's the way we like it and the coffee was
1: not that bad but either. It,
0: this is like one of the we're last so places where you can do that where the prices have still stayed the same
1: yeah they i mean people were posted man they had mm-hmm. the crossword out they had mm-hmm. a book i mean people there's like it felt it was so bizarre to be in an ikea and feel like you were in a diner yeah because it really was like hey joe Mm-hmm. the usual yeah yep out comes the sudoku and the cup of coffee <laughs> and he's going to be there for 2 hours
0: but the, there's so many diner restaurants like that that still exist nowadays but the prices have gone up as the time has gone by and ikea they have not gone up like you you can still get your shitty scrambled eggs and sausage and and taters but, you know, it's going to cost you seven ninety nine. I haven't had... I mean, I can't remember You've the last Denny's time. you or something. I was going to say, I can't remember the last time. Because the equivalent to
1: me that it seemed like was, like, the McDonald's breakfast. And mm-hmm. I, I haven't had since I was a kid. I've had an Egg McMuffin probably in the last year or two. But, like, you know, the tray with mm. the pancakes and the eggs. And you see people get... I can't... Uh, haven't had that in forever. And that, I remember, is being disgusting. And it was, like... The, <laughs> it's like the sim, It's a very similar plate of food to what you're getting at Ikea for probably, like... You know, at least twice as much. You know, it's got to be at yeah. least five dollars, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I feel like either IKEA is breaking even or just taking a loss just to get
0: like people in that door. Cause they're, they had, they're taking. They're either breaking even or taking a loss, but they don't give a shit. They had waffles. They had is um, it Swedish pancakes?
1: Yeah, lingonberry. All the lingonberry sauce you could. You can throw, get a bagel
0: yeah. with cream cheese and locks for three ninety nine,
1: and not that bad.
0: Not that bad. Try finding a bagel with cream cheese and lox for anywhere, even like under like $10. Like lox is so expensive.
1: And we also saw, apparently it's not heavily advertised, but you can still get like their lunch items too, because we saw somebody having a huge plate of meatballs and gravy, (laughs) Swedish poobly meatballs, on some mashed mashed potatoes at 9.37, hitting it hard.
0: (sighs) Yeah, Ikea, breakfast, depressing. If you have an old person and you have no money, check it out.
1: <laughs> My review is slightly nicer than that, but <laughs> yes, not that um, far off.
0: And the, the yin to that yang, mm-hmm. we, we went and saw Deadpool in 4DX, yes. and then afterwards we went to the Pacific dining car.
1: And had uh, which is the
0: polar opposite of IKEA breakfast.
1: And had the twenty ounce prime rib at eleven o'clock or eleven thirty at night, and that was great.
0: Yeah, Pacific Dining Car. If you don't know what it is, it's a restaurant in LA that has been there for I don't know sixty years at least, probably since More, the forties or yeah, something. Thirties, 30s. maybe thirties, 30s, forties. Really nice white tablecloth. You know waiters practically wearing tuxedos but it's in kind of a dingy part of koreatown on a random alleyway on sixth street like nothing around it except for like laundromats and liquor stores
1: yeah random bodegas but It, it, it has
0: a valet valet lot full of mercedes benzes yeah you got the it's Jags. A, it's a real anomaly restaurant. You they offer no a one.
1: free shuttle service to every Laker game if you eat there. It's free like, shuttle
0: service to any Staples Center event.
1: Oh. hmm It's just such a – it's it's a total time capsule, much like Muso's is. But Muso's is in a place in Hollywood where you're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's probably the nicest thing kind of around. Mm-hmm. But it's also you're like, oh, that's existed because it's been here since the 20s, and this right. is like the roaring. You're like, how the – how is the Pacific Dining Car in this neighborhood? What well, was this neighborhood? You know, before, so
0: weird. Before Hollywood Boulevard was Hollywood Boulevard, and Sunset Boulevard was Sunset Boulevard. Wilshire Boulevard was yeah. was the main drag that far. ago. but
1: you'll see lots of cops in there if you're going in like breakfast or mm-hmm. or lunchtime. You can see lots of LAPD detectives but just I, chilling yeah. with holstered up Gats on the side.
0: I don't like seeing those cops, but it's always a good sign <laughs> at a restaurant if there's a lot of, if there's a lot of fuzz there. The food's probably all right.
1: Extremely expensive, dude. The shrimp cocktail is twenty seven dollars, right?
0: It was like twenty. It was around twenty four, twenty five, twenty five. maybe 25. for shrimp cocktail. And this is what the shrimp cocktail is for that much money, twenty four, twenty five bucks. Like, that's a lot of money. It is. Like you could get so much food for that. There
1: are there are multiple entrees cheaper at Alimento than what you would pay for for the shrimp cocktail. Yeah
0: like you could spend that much money at like petite toit and have like a and be full and, and you could outside. you could
1: probably eat something yeah
0: so it, it was a martini glass with cocktail sauce in it for jumbo shrimp and that's it that's it that's it that's it there's a little uh, there's a little dumb salad on the side with like a edible flower yep that is you know Whatever. But, I mean, you're basically getting four shrimps and cocktail sauce.
1: We also haven't mentioned probably one of the biggest things about the Pacific Dining Car on top of, like, the cost of the food, the great quality of the food, to an extent the steaks at least. It's t- open 24 hours.
0: It, has, it hasn't closed.
1: It's open 24 hours, which is mind-boggling to think about. We, when we were in there after Deadpool, we were, there were two other people in the entire restaurant. And we were being waited on, like you know, this was an eight, 8 p.m. service on a Friday. I have no idea how this business is still open. No idea. The amount, like, I'm I'm assuming it's something involving indentured servitude. Yeah, they might be. own the employees, and it's like <laughs> grandfathered in because they opened the restaurant so long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they own slaves, and yeah. that's how they run that restaurant.
0: I mean, this is this is a full service, twenty-four hour restaurant that has. They don't have a late-night menu. This is not a late-night menu
1: spot. The whole <laughs> menu is firing 24 hours a day. Yes.
0: You can go in there at 4.19 a.m. and get a T-bone steak, a lobster, eggs benedict, a mimosa. Whole thing. But, I mean, just the sheer amount of wasted food that has gone bad is, must be mind-boggling. We opened one in Santa Monica. Like, it makes me want to do a 30 for 30 on them just to find (laughs) out. Like, I want to interview the manager or the owner and just be like, how, why, what is going on?
1: I mean, what if it was something amazing Just like, it's just... Like some South American drug dealer who this yeah. is his pet project, and like, he sells coke just to keep the dining car open. <laughs> He's like, "It's a love. Do it for the love. I love the food service industry. Um, I got money to blow, but we lose about forty to fifty thousand dollars a week, <laughs> but it's worth it. It's worth it in the end because you care about it.
0: Just like just those jumbo shrimps that they're selling for seven dollars each, probably when it comes out to it with tax and tip, like." How many of the... Like, they have to order them fresh every day.
1: Okay, so you went... Okay, so we didn't have dinner. We went to Deadpool and 40X. Very tight. Mm -hmm. Um, Momo snuck in a bottle of rosé with some glasses. Also very tight. Mm -hmm. Um, But we didn't really have dinner. We got some popcorn. And everybody was kind of hungry when we went to the dining car. I don't know. You got... Did you get the shrimp cocktail? Yes. And did Dan also get the shrimp cocktail? They got the scallops. They got the scallops. Okay. So you guys... You spent like $27. Mm -hmm. They spent more. Mm -hmm. Their thing was more expensive. And you got these little tiny appetizers. Mm -hmm. Pro move. You get for $36, you get over a pound of prime rib. (laughs) Beautiful with au jus and horseradish. Mm -hmm. Bread, the whole thing. Mm. So And they got that good bread with the butter, where the butter... Classic steakhouse, solid bread. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was like, diminishing returns, baby?
0: Yeah, we fudged up.
1: Uh, Bob and I could barely split the prime rib we got for like $38 or $37. Well, it was excellent. It was perfectly medium rare, like perfectly. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I mean, the shrimp cocktail is expensive and... and not bad, but maybe not the most mind blowing shrimp cocktail. But prime rib from there? It was good. Was, but, you know, it's excellent. as good as a shrimp cocktail can
0: be, I guess. You know? Yeah.
1: But you get the steaks there, get the prime rib there, stuff like that. Then their breakfast is expensive, but breakfast is also very good there. Really good. You get eggs panic, the ham's fantastic. Huge ham mm-hmm. steaks on there. It's and
0: one of those places where when you get the lemon wedge on the side, it has its own little little wrapper. It's got a diaper. It. It's got a diaper so the seeds don't fall out. It's classy, real nice. Also, um, I hit a, a couple other Koreatown spots this week.
1: Really? Maybe my phone was dead or something. We went.
0: I went to <laughs> the uh, Duck Korean barbecue place, mm-hmm. Sun Ha Jang. Mm-hmm. Have you been there?
1: No. For the listeners, I'm furring my brow and giving Jason a very <laughs> dirty look right now.
0: It was. It was a dinner that I did not orchestrate. It was. I was. A, I was an invited guest by some other people. Um, but it's called Sun Ha Jang, J-A-N-G. It's in Koreatown on Olympic. Their logo is just a mini mall st- strip mall sign with a like,
1: duck running from a cleaver is just the sign. It's
0: kind of like that. There's flames and there's a duck flying, <laughs> and it just looks like a regular any any town USA Korean barbecue place. Yeah. But they only just have like one dish. It's just like a a Korean barbecue duck, where they bring out frozen slivers of duck, and then oh, so they're doing that like
1: the like the ribeye, where they're freezing the duck so they can slice it thin on the yes, okay.
0: Except they don't even bother thawing it out. Like it comes to your table, like kind of like still frozen, huh? And it doesn't matter. But um, they have a the grill just
1: breast then. Like, are they trying to butterfly a whole duck and then I wrap no it tight? I have no idea. It's something what it's wild.
0: wild. It, it's it's like the duck is like 50% fat and 50% meat. Hmm. And you just keep ordering. They they bring you out the banchan. It's, it's good. It's not amazing. It's fine. Good enough. Good enough. And then you, you just basically spend like, I don't know, like 17 bucks every time you want a, duck. Bi- a big old plate of duck.
1: And they do a fried rice in it?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of...
1: Oh, I have been... Wait, I've been there once.
0: I think you may have been there. With you a while ago. <clears throat> but they, they have the Korean all... barbecue grill yes. where there's no grates in the grill. It's just one solid grill, and then...
1: The fat is rendering and staying there yes. the entire time. And
0: then they plug the drain, yeah. the fat drain, with the piece of kimchi. I've definitely
1: been there. That rice was a little bit too rich for my blood.
0: That's why God invented soju, baby.
1: That's right. I mean,
0: And this place beautiful is soju. one of the only places in Koreatown which I learned... Oh. One of the only places in America... That, that lets
1: you kill your own duck before you start <laughs> dinner.
0: <laughs> that my Korean friend David Cho told me this is a soju that's in Korea really popular, but he hasn't really seen it much in L.A., if any at all. And it's a uh, peach-flavored. Really? And it's it really goes down
1: a lot lot easier than the normal rubbing Goes alcohol down so nice.
0: yeah it, it's it's a delightful treat is it
1: sweet to the point where you're worried you're gonna have an extra bit of hangover from it no or is it just kind of like it's just not, a
0: little it's close but no it's like it's like peach siroc mm. um but the brand is chum churum. chum churum chum churum peach if you ever see chum churum peach it's like the classic green bottle of soju but it has like a pink Does that a little peach on it so you know what's up? It does. All right. Yeah, it just says, it's, it's easy. Oh, yeah. It's easy to go. tell that it's peach. But highly recommend that soju and that Korean barbecue duck. But then afterwards, we wanted a sweet treat. Mm-hmm. And we, we were eating with um, Aziz's brother, Aniz, who is, mm-hmm. who is my neighbor, who I feel like you should hang out with. You guys have a lot in common.
1: Shout-outs. Let's do it.
0: Shout-out to Aniz. And he's like, let's go get some dessert. There's a place called Honey Me. Which is in Koreatown and it's next to the boiling crab on Wilshire. It's mm. called Honey Me. It's built into an escalator. It's about the size of my bathroom and it's just a walk up window where you get. It's in the like, so the escalator is going up at an angle and it's like in the little triangle of an escalator? Yes. Awesome. It's like, you know, like sometimes you'll see like a broom closet under a staircase? Yeah. It's like that, except if there's like a soft serve. Ice cream shop. So it's
1: like where the evil twin lives. Exactly. Like they lock them up, mm-hmm. put them around the basement, and nobody talks about them.
0: And I got, a, uh, I got a dessert item there called the Sweetie Baby. Spelled B-A-B-E-E. I'll show you a picture of it. Whoa! The Sweetie Baby is a piece of bread in the shape of a hot dog bun that's what? kind of like a, a sweet kind of Hawaiian Hawaiian roll Density and flavor in the shape of a mini hot dog bun. And then they masterfully soft serve, you know, like Pinkberry style um, dispenser perfectly into that bun. A bunch of vanilla soft serve and then cover it with granola and then drizzle honey on top of it. Did Sam go with you to this? Sam did not. Okay. And uh very nice. The bread really makes it. I don't understand how the bread can make it. Well, like, to the me, other people, I don't
1: want any bread with my soft serve. That's yogurt. that's the just don't want
0: it. That makes a lot of sense. And I was the only person who ordered the sweetie baby. Everyone else just got their ice cream in a cup. Yeah. And they're like, "It's fine. You know, it's good. It's, you know, vanilla soft serve with some granola and honey on it or whatever chocolate sprinkles. It's as good as that shit's going to be, which is not that good." But then they had a taste of my sweetie baby in the bun. And uh, they're like, oh wow, you're right. like it really does make it all I come had together.
1: Tasted my sweetie baby on the bun.
0: They had a taste of my sweetie baby, and they were not disappointed. So does it melt a little and kind of like soak into the bread a little bit? A little bit, a little bit. But it's okay. also pretty small, so it, it doesn't take you forever to eat it.
1: Are you eating like a little bit of the ice cream in front, and then so that exposed bread you then tear that isn't holding the a yogurt bit. anymore? There's a lot of ways you, kind of...
0: you can eat your sweetie baby.
1: <laughs> Do they give you a ten ways to eat a sweetie baby card when you order it?
0: <laughs> there's more than one way to it's eat like diag- a It's like
1: it's like stick figure diagrams all in Korean, but so the, <laughs> so the round eyes can figure uh-huh. it out if you watch the, what the little the little figures are. Yeah, doing. I learned a
0: lot, man. I learned a lot in that escalator.
1: Did they take your picture being for being the first person to ever order the bread?
0: Um somebody took it no no no.
1: Did balloons fall down when you ordered the bread? Sweetie
0: baby is a popular item. Okay. And also I uh, want to try it. There's a photo of me somewhere around there. Of me ordering at the counter and I was um I had to squat to be at eye level with the with the counter ordering.
1: Did you see two people behind the counter and then one guy paid the other guy and then a the guy said like I told you somebody would buy it? Did that <laughs> happen while you're ordering it?
0: No, this is this this is like somebody right. ordering the double double right. in and out. It
1: actually is very photographic.
0: This the sweetie baby is not a rare It's photo friendly. It is photo friendly. Um, and, and the final Koreatown pick, uh, this a different day. This is a different day. This is a couple of days ago. Mm. I was meeting a couple of friends for dinner yeah, before we had to DJ this event. That yeah, was, that was I got to get
1: the cr- phone charger so the phone will work when these things happen.
0: Well, I had, we, the, me and this, these two other guys, Daedalus and mm. another guy, we had to DJ this event for a friend and we we're all like oh let's just go grab let's go grab dinner before we have to dj because we had to be there kind of early so we I, I yelped some places next near the area and found this, were you in k-town yeah on vermont and third fourth that's Koreatown, town baby it's Koreatown, and i found a place called go pocha p-o-c-h-a it's in one of those big like Two-story mini mall plazas on Vermont, mm-hmm. where it's just like pool hall, bakery, like Wilshire Aquarium Store No, on Vermont. No, but like Vermont Wilshire. No, right like there, on th- there? On, on like, like at Third and like fourth, all basically. the way. Yeah, yeah. Like oh wow, okay. Like if you're going south on Vermont, like starting at like Third Street, all the way down to like South Central. Yep. You'll, you'll just see like these giant. Where it's just yeah, yeah, for sure. Billiards, travel agent massage, billiards, travel And, a, agent, and
1: ironically, as, a, as a, again, another time capsule, you'll see like a video game parlor,
0: like where there oh, like, yeah, yeah. computer games played here. And you're <laughs> like, what the, really? Land party. Yeah, land party. But there's a place called Go Pocha, which is just a random ass place that I found on Yelp, but it's like a full Korean drinking bar. Like you go there and you get food, but you're really there to get wasted kind of thing. And they have an hap- a happy hour. Where before 8 p.m., everything on the menu is half off. Food Re- and drinks. And drinks.
1: Because the Prince has that on drinks, but not food. They have a happy hour where the drinks... Food and have- drinks. Yeah.
0: So... Amazing. We ordered so much stuff, and we paid like like $15 each or something like that. Like... Bottles of beer, bottles of soju. So was it like
1: wings and like the duck boggy like the little rice cakes was it all like Korean drinking food? Yeah yeah
0: full but they had a full menu like we got braised short ribs. Wow we got um, kimchi and kimchi and pork those stir-fried and then arranged mm-hmm. on a plate with cold. Slices of tofu that had slices of ham on top of the tofu what? that you eat <laughs> alongside this. Uh, was it good? Kimchi pork? Not that good. But the kimchi wing, pork was good, I'm sure. The no. wings, delicious. Mm. Wings were really good. Mm-hmm. And my favorite, my new favorite Korean drinking food is cheese corn. Cheese corn is very good. Or it's just a big ass thing of corn. Mm hmm covered in cheese
1: they've got it at um and keeping in mayo right they got like Kupi yeah it's like something. a little
0: it's a it's a creamy
1: cheese they have it on the Some menu green onions. at um button mash in echo park that's mm-hmm.
0: pretty good and also the weirdest part about this place when you right when you sit down before they even take your order they bring the out shirt gun <laughs> sewed you into your mouth you know when you order like sizzling fajitas or like like sh- like or like, short ribs from a Korean place? It'll be like a wood plank with a little cast iron oval Super plate. Super hot cast iron. Super sizzling. hot cast iron. Yep. So this woman brings one of those out, just an empty one, wood plank with the sizzling hot little metal thingy, puts it on the table, and then we're all just looking around what's going on, and then she pours eggs onto it and makes scrambled eggs right there at the table and then leaves and that was it <laughs> and then like two minutes later she came back and took her order
1: and and do you think there were a bunch of people again behind the counter betting on what you guys were going to do considering <laughs> how confused you round eyes were sitting no, around a f- like, scrambled egg table
0: there's just everyone... did you have condiments
1: were they, did you have to eat with your hands at that point no we had, so
0: we had we had chopsticks and spoons and we just and there was a delicious scrambled egg Really? It was like a nice medium. It was a little rare, a little runny. Had a nice done it was like a very well done scrambled, and it all came together in like thirty seconds.
1: Now, did you text like Dano or David Cho or anybody? Like, do you guys know? about Is this a thing? Does this only happen at this restaurant? Is this a thing no, that happens? at like,
0: I think it's an anomaly.
1: I have never heard of this. Like the
0: scrambled <clears throat> egg before the like before you order. It was dope. It is wild. So listeners, if you want to get drunk and eat Korean food for very cheap. Before eight PM, I don't
1: have any stories that cool. Go pocha, go pocha. That is like that is a true discovery.
0: I know, wild. I'm excited. I like it. Um, we have a couple Twitter questions before we wrap this thing up. Uh, Our friend Jorge Arriega. Arriega. is uh, at Grouch I Am. Best ramen in L.A. I
1: mean... It's hard because there's certainly the ones that are like the holy temples. But I still think for Tonkatsu and for the taste, my favorite, which is now a chain, is Jinya. Ramen hmm Taste-wise, is probably still my favorite. Ramen
0: Okay. Which which one is your favorite Ramen Studio City?
1: Definitely. Okay. And that was the first one.
0: I mean, I don't...
1: Okay, so you can... It's now a franchise um They have, uh, I think it's robotogenia which is they have a few different dishes on it, and that's the one in um like West Mount Hollywood. Beverly? Yeah, or third. That's kind of like trying to be a little bit more of a Japanese drinking bar ramen mm-hmm. house kind of thing. But Jonathan Gold gave it one of his essential dishes in like 2005, mm. and Throwback. when Studio City was the first one, and it really and it was kind of like on the like on the precipice of the wave of tonkatsu like ramen being a huge thing but it was really good and i to this day it's like if i want ramen that's one of the that's still what i first think of like I really do like i have the energy man. to get to studio city
0: and they have a good uh pork bun really good pork bun. really good pork uh pork belly bow. um for me i i like the the su, sujita on uh, satel yeah. the uh the sukeman ramen I mean, that's is probably my fave. And that is, a, I mean, that is one of the, it's really good. That is one of the top. The problem ones with far. ramen is like back in the day, you, the really good places you would have to wait in line for a half an hour, 45 minutes to get the ramen, but it was worth it. But now since ramen's so big, <coughs> even at the shitty places, you have to wait a half an hour, 45 minutes. Like even at the whack ass ramen places, there's a wait.
1: I don't want to say Silver Lake Ramen is whack-ass, but I'm just always driving by because that's my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. I would never wait in line for it, and there is never not a line. Yeah. Every time I drive by, I'm like, what the? F- what are you guys waiting for? Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> what the fuck? I agree. I agree it's completely. It's so bizarre. It's one of the few places, and it's small, but it's not that small. But it's like out of everything
0: in on the east side that, never, that always has a line. Mm-hmm. I, Pe- hipsters... Spilling out into the parking lot. I don't understand. So I say, if you're going to wait in line, go to a place that's excellent and wait yeah. in that same line. You're going to have to wait in line at at the at the Tsuke Sukiman place. It's on Saito,
1: but the one place that usually does not have a line because they're so fast with it, and it's not that bad, is uh what's the Build Your Own down in Little Tokyo.
0: uh Orochon.
1: Yeah, I think Orochon. That's yeah, not, that that bad. not that bad. And then also, the,
0: and Tatsu Ramen on Beverly and La Brea. Yeah, that's like the one where you order off of an iPad. Yep, it's not it's not amazing, but it's definitely solid enough. The one, next and then everyone loves. Uh, you know, Daikokuya is the original yeah. crazy one, but
1: that one still has a big
0: weight. It's delicious, but it's also really, really heavy, really, really fatty and porky, and you kind of f- feel you feel it afterwards.
1: I would say um, my favorite veggie ramen. Is uh is the veggie ramen? I think they call it hippie ramen, at um, the ramen place next to um, M Cafe on Melrose.
0: Yeah, Tatsu. That's is that yeah, yeah, that's that's the, that's the, that's the one. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's that's the iPad one, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: So their veggie ramen's really good. You like the veggie ramen? Yeah, very good. To good. Know. Yeah. Um. All right. Final question. This is from Mitch Goldstein. M. Goldstein. M. Goldstein. Shout outs. Uh You guys touched on this a little bit last episode with knives, but what are the first three things you'd buy for a new kitchen? Parentheses, mm. NYC apartment. So, he's talking about knives or is he talking about just a kitchen period? I think just first three things in general. Um, I think one of those three, for me, a good <coughs> nonstick skillet. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> doesn't have to be a crazy all clad expensive one that costs one hundred fifty dollars. Like you can get, I think Scanpan for your money is the best one
1: out there. It's my um, favorite. How much? Um, you can get like you know you can get a ten or twelve inch skillet for you know under a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. So not not all clad expensive, also not super cheap, but it's consistently the highest rated non stick mm-hmm. in Chef's Illustrated.
0: Yeah, but if you're on if you're on a budge, like the good <laughs> part about non stick skillets is they don't last forever, like stainless steel. Like yep. you, if you don't get like a or cast iron, yeah, or cast they're iron, they're not a lifetime purchase. It's not a lifetime purchase. They're eventually gonna wear out and be replaced. And you could totally just go to Target and get a fifteen dollar nonstick skillet that'll be okay. That you can just buy a new one in or, a year.
1: Yeah, that, or you could get a um, a Bed Bath and Beyond coupon and get like a Califon. Which is going to be like forty bucks before your discount, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and that's like, that's a step above your generic, for sure. Calphalon makes a nice nonstick,
0: <laughs> and you can use that to make your eggs in the morning, toast your nuts. There's really, I mean, cook, cook whatevs. Yeah,
1: I use nonstick a lot. I, have to say. Um, I would say so. Okay, chef's knife, an eight-inch chef's knife would be the first thing. But if we're not talking about knives, mm-hmm. um, let me think. What else is something that I use constantly? Um,
0: I would get any electric kettle, perhaps. Yeah. Yep. Which you can use for making your coffee and teas very easily, but also if you're going to be boiling water for making pastas and rices or sous vide stuff, you can heat that water up really quickly and get a boil going because if you're making like a big pot of pasta – and you don't have like a really f- hot burner, like it could take twenty thirty minutes for like a big pot of water to come up to boil so for a New York apartment, even though it's kind of you know it's
1: a little bit larger, but I would get one of like a nice viking range <laughs> a nice viking range um, I would say the 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 three tier um you know stock pot with um pasta strainer and then the top part is your steamer basket mm. with a lid mm-hmm. you know because that's basically you can use that as your strainer sam disagrees oh Uh-oh. sam come I'll get in here. chime sam. in babe
0: oh she's got one on deck yeah let's hear it
2: i'm gonna chime in this is sam here
0: <laughs> sam reporting live
2: <laughs> resident <laughs> peanut <laughs> gallery <laughs> of the stew um I lived in New York in a really tiny ass apartment. Yeah, can yeah. I say ass? Yes? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, um and uh sorry, Mom. So what I would recommend because uh New York kitchens are micro yeah. um, are they small? they're really small. <laughs> I would get a nonstick pot. Hmm. Non-stick a nonstick pot. saucepan. Um because it can act as I got one as one of the first things for my kitchen and you can use it to fry an egg, boil water, um, mm. heat up soup. Multitask. So you can multitask and make, make some rice. Right. You can heat up your food on it um, but you can also use it for liquids and I think that that's a really good investment for a New York kitchen. Mm. Especially if yes. you can only have like a few things in it um, that'll and and you can get a good one from Target or from Ikea and uh yeah hmm. that a good, and a good, a good cutting board and a good knife
1: mm-hmm. that's all you those have? are good well, cutting that. board definitely worth it all right
2: talk to you later mm-hmm. bye
1: sam sam out. sam out so the three-tier stock pot was was i was gonna say similar things to that is that you can you know you can braise in it if you have a big enough oven that it'll fit and it really any oven should fit at least a, a stock pot um you can brown in it you can saute you can sear meat in it and then also you know your steamer tray can also be your strainer for anything else that you're using so you don't have to have an additional strainer mm. um you okay. got you've got something in the lid you're making a good case so you, when you have the lid too you're you're able to cover things cook things with that you don't want to release a lot of water from and it's like you're kind of like your little all-in-one you can sear a steak in that thing no problem <clears throat> mm mm-hmm. mhm it's gonna it's gonna retain some of the moisture inside, so it's not ideal like mm-hmm. a frying pan, because the sides are going all the way up, obviously. Mm-hmm. But still, at the same time, in a pinch, you know, that's you can yeah. do all those. It'll things get her bed. in, yeah.
0: <clears throat> um. All right. Lastly, best thing we ate all week for me, since we had such a long week working in the restaurant, preparing the whole pop up and everything like that. The 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 best thing that entered my mouth was the shot of fernet after we finished cleaning yes. everything up.
1: Shout out to fernet.
0: Our, our our friend Scott Scott Wicken was nice enough to come and bring us a kind gift. Of, yeah, kind enough to not only support but
1: also bring us a bottle <laughs> of fernet, which class really act. class act. And MVP because I was so excited to see that bottle of Fernet. There's not a single alcohol you could have brought to me at that point that I would have been
0: happier to see than a bottle of Fernet. You needed that sting. oh so good. Yeah, that was good. That was that was my dinner that day. It was just it was a nice little glass of Fernet.
1: That was great. So
0: thanks to you, Scott.
1: Shout out, Scott. You're a hero. You're a rock star.
0: You're such a rock star. You're such a fucking
1: rock star.
0: All right, what about you, Andre?
1: Uh, simple, but it, it reminds me of how lucky we are to live in the area in Los Angeles that we are. I had one of the small kind of, you know, sandwiches from Proof a few days ago. And it reminded me of how good something so simple but so kind of thought out and well done can be. It's a, it's kind of like imagine a – for the listeners, I know you've had them many times. But imagine like almost a large size breadstick of a bread that's somewhere between – ciabatta and like a butter bread really crunchy but not hard on the top of your mouth really flavorful very well salted this one is with salami manchego arugula and chive butter Mm -hmm. and it's it's such a perfect small sandwich that it's enough for a meal you're not going to be stuffed but it's also substantial enough for that's it Had a great flat white from there, and I just felt so lucky that something like that existed in my neighborhood. Treat
0: yourself Tuesdays with Andre Canaparo, and it
1: reminded me too of what a great thing you know chive butter or any kind of compound butter can be, and how easy it is to make. Yeah, Um, you know all you need you really don't need anything other than a knife and a bowl. Mm -hmm. But if you have it, you can use you know like a mixer, like a stand mixer, to Mm -hmm. kind of break down the butter. You just blend any of the aromatics that you like: tarragon, rosemary, chive basil, mint, anything that you want. Mix that up, wrap it tight in some saran wrap, kind of put it in like a shape into a little tube so it's easy to slice, and that stays for months. And it's such an easy thing to spread on butter to make your piece of toast a little more interesting, mm-hmm. or in this case, your sandwich. Um,
0: or you can do what I did. Just and make, eat it with a spoon. And make the greatest compound butter of all. Let's hear it. <laughs> I made a compound butter of... Uh, Oh, wait. What's that mushroom called? Puccini? No. Chanterelle's. Mm. Mm. I got some Chanterelle mushrooms from the farmer's market. The greatest mushroom of all, maybe. Other than uh, maybe a morel or a... Uh, hen, of the, hen, of the, hen of the woods. Hen of the woods. maitake. Excellent mushroom. Cooked it down, olive oil, garlic, till it had a nice golden brown vibe going on. Chopped it up real, real super small. Into little little guys, so full of flavor, salty, garlicky, really good umami. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't want to say that word, and then mix it with the butter, stir it up, real nice. Like, and then I put it into a masubi press, which is just basically like a little rectangular. That's perfect. Rectangular mold. That's right. So piece with of this- wax paper goes down, masubi press, fill it with the butter, and then there's a little thing that squishes it down into a perfect rectangle. And then pop that in the fridge inside the press still. And then the butter will firm up. And then you just use the press to push push it out of the mold. And then you've got just a perfect little block of butter. This, you know, I'm like, the same size as just like a stick of butter. And you just cut off slices. And whatever you put that on tastes so crazy. And all of that mushroom... Flavor soaks into the butter. Masubi press is too perfect. It's mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, buddy. So yeah, give that a shot. Yeah. If you want to get, if you want to, because like m- normally you make the, the compound butter, you put it in sor- saran wrap and then you roll it up like a sausage kind of yep. thing. That's what I always do. Which is cool. But give the press a try, it lo- and it looks really cool because you just walk around. Looks like a
1: perfect little
0: mm-hmm. butter. And you can take the you know, put it on a burger. Put it on some toast. I made some uh, – I cooked some sweet corn and then just used that to cook it down with. It was, it was crazy. Versatile. Think, easy. Versatile. And, easy. And, you
1: know, mildly,
0: just a little bit different,
1: mildly impressive to your guests. You're like, oh, yeah. Mm. And it looks very yeah. cool. Mm. Whatever
0: you bring out, just like a nice little perfectly sliced rectangle of it, kind of slowly melting on it as you're about to eat it. Or I think I made popcorn with it too. It was crazy.
1: 2016, year the
0: compound butter. Mm. All right, Andre. Another great show in the books. Thank you guys so much for listening. Let's get some lunch. We're going to go get some lunch. Fourth meal, baby. <laughs> you can go to thestewpodcast.com for all of our episodes. And follow me on Instagram and Twitter and all that at themgenes. Andre Conoparo has no social media at all. Don't have any. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.